0: welcome in you are listening to keep the change podcast number 14 money mail lesson number 14 Keepthechange.co.nz. if you haven't subscribed to the emails I'm sure you will do that now we're gonna go through some audio of episode lesson number 14 so you can listen to it wherever you are around the country if you're doing that throw something up on your social media Help us to get these in front of more people so that they can learn and we can collectively improve the financial literacy of the entire nation. Anyway, let's get into it. What happens to a bubble? You wake up Reagan and go to internet banking knowing that you've hit your overdraft limit. Suddenly, you see your bank account balance is now editable. Beauty? I might just add an extra zero in there. Bugger it, maybe two. A warning sign comes up and says... You may need to pay this back at some stage. You tick the box and you think, "Ah, fuck it. We have to keep this household moving. Why not? You also tick another box that confirms you don't really know how you will pay it back. Well, that is literally what is happening in New Zealand right now. We've got the ability to edit our New Zealand bank account to the tune of $100 billion. You know, nothing major. Just a casual $20,000 for every one of us in the country. No big deal, right? Someone will figure it out at some point, surely. Wonder who that will be. Most Kiwis don't even know that this is happening. And some that do, think it's not a problem. Do you expect our journalists to write about something that they don't understand? Would you do that? Would you write about something that you don't understand? Hey, maybe this isn't a problem. And maybe I'm missing something. I actually hope that that is the case. But let's play it out. The bank notice you've edited your bank account and slap you in the air with a big D. A discussion. What the hell you think you were doing? The phone rings. You walk over to your brand new iPhone purchase on Afterpay. Come on, Westie, I signed a pact to commit to figuring out how to repay it and even said my kids might if I can't. What's your problem? I did a double take there. It's like, what have I even read, written here? Come on, Westie, I signed a pact. Westpac, I got it. So That's a shit joke from me. Great work, Luke. I signed a pact to confirm and figure out how to repay it and even said my kids might if I can't. What's your problem? I get to see the fallout of people who can't pay their debts in my line of work, and it's not fun. Has anyone told you globally that we're at the height of a debt bubble? I didn't think so. People who can't pay their mortgages can have a break until the 31st of March 2021 to figure out... How are they going to repay it? When you're listening to this, it'll be past March 2021, of course. But that's literally what was in place during the big C-bomb. If that was uh, your predicament and you couldn't pay your mortgage, you could get a mortgage repayment holiday and buy yourself some time to be able to pay down your debt. How long can a bubble float upward and what happens to it eventually? I know you know the answer to this one. Something is coming. And here is what I think it is. Short term. Not much. Okay, let's just pause here. This would have been, what would this have been? June, July, maybe early August 2020. Here's predictions from myself. Short term, not much. Lower interest rates for borrowers, tick. Midterm, people defaulting on their debt. More people gambling on the stock market, tick. Highest ever numbers of people buying into the share market ever seen. Not so much people defaulting on their debt. We haven't seen too much of that yet. May have got that wrong. Long term. House prices rising in value. To ick. Global crash. And the big D. Discussion about whether debt is a real solution to solving problems. Now, that's a long way away. But I do think that eventually we're going to have to go, hmm, can we just keep providing more and more debt to every single nation and every single household to solve a problem. In New Zealand we have some of the lowest rates of productivity in the developed world which means that we lean on debt as a solution and we forget how to make ourselves more productive and more efficient and use technology that's been around for years that we go, nah, fuck, my problem's not big enough, I'm not going to implement that now. No, it might save me eight hours a week but uh, I might worry about it next month or when I find out my competitor's doing it. So that's how we tend to live. More debt, more debt. Don't worry about productivity. We'll get to that another time. You. Come on, mate. You're just writing a weekly email to 1,300 people pull your head in. Like I say, I hope that I'm wrong. But one thing I've learned in life is that when everyone is zigging, you do well when you zag. What did you just learn? Right now, you're probably thinking, what the hell does this have to do with me? Isn't this the government's problem? Well, the problem is... They aren't exactly overly efficient at problem solving. Plus, you and I can't control how they go about solving these problems. Probably with more debt. Government. We urge Kiwis to live within their means and borrow responsibly. Government also. prints a shit ton of money to pay its bills. Makes heaps of sense, doesn't it? This isn't a political email nor podcast, because whoever you vote for, we're going to be in the same situation. This email is another reminder to take control of the things that you can control. Hear that change of voice? You can control. You can control. You want repeat now, baby. Things that you can control. Don't worry about all this other shit too much. Whilst you're at it, start planning for the next generation too. They will be glad that you did. Activity. Do you have an unhealthy relationship with debt? Maybe you've gotten a little bit too comfortable with it, question mark. We all have. It's been the tool of choice for decades now, and a lot of us have been taught to use it. And it's been cheap, so we've had an incentive to do so. Do you know how you could protect your children and loved ones over the next 20 years if the debt trap and tap gets turned off? It's time to start thinking about that. Next week, I'm going to show you how I've started doing this when I don't even have kids myself. Luke, P.S., You're one of 1,385 recipients. There are 17 people working through Keep the Change Night School. Did you know? People will start to ask, wait a second, if the government can just print all this money, why do we even need to pay taxes? Uh Uh-oh. Another big discussion coming up. Keep the Change Night School. Enroll now at keepthechange.co.nz forward slash night school please consider supporting us to spread the knowledge. You can join the paid Keep the Change community with access to all lessons in the community of other committed learners plus experts. There are about 50 lessons for you to work through if you do uh, choose to join us in that. And of course, that helps us get this in front of more and more people as we spread the message further and you learn more as you go as well. So this is a very complicated email I think uh, probably would have gone over the heads of a lot of people that read it, Um, but I still think it's good to highlight what is happening out there and have some sort of baseline understanding that that is the solution that we are using and that we've been taught to use and to stop and go, hmm, is this actually a good way, is this a good thing to do, how is this going to impact future generations. Now to give you an example and I would like to remind you that I don't like getting into political right and wrong because I think they're all pretty shit and there's no point in thinking that a politician's going to save you because from all the people that I've searched, researched that have done very well and not many of them if any will put their success down to politicians. Yes they may have had a leg up or a hand up via some of the things, policies or financial gains they've been able to uh, get out of a politician, but um, nothing major in the scheme of their overall net worth or net value. So let's say we have a big worldwide emergency and we have to lock our borders down and we are told to stay at home. We still need to pay everybody and businesses say, how the hell am I going to pay my staff? because I don't have the money to be able to do that. The government say, we're going to print some money, we're going to make some money, we're going to literally edit our bank account, add a couple of zeros on, and we're going to draw down on that as we need, and we're going to distribute that out to business owners around the country, and on the government's behalf, we would ask that you please distribute that money to the employees of your business so that they can fund their households and their normal spending, and we can keep the economy going. So we put a whole lot of money into businesses, and it doesn't stay in the business because it gets passed through to the employee, so it goes into the household, and then the household spends it on what they would like to spend it on. Well, this money, it's not real. It's been created, and it's effectively a form of debt that we would, and politicians, would argue it has to be paid back at some stage because that's what we've all been taught. Well, debt has to be paid back. If you draw down debt, you've got to pay it back. So surely it's the same for our lovely money system that we run here for the entire country and not just for you and I. So that principle is the same. And that money goes through the households and ends up washing out somewhere in the economy and that usually ends up with the Area of the market that's provided the most value to the consumer so say you love ice creams and you got your pay from your employer and you wanted to sit at home and eat ice creams every day because you had more time you would trade your money for ice creams god bless you for giving me these ice creams they are so good i am going to buy a hundred of them and i'm not going to have any money of the week at the end of the week but i'll be very happy that i've eaten ice cream all week so value exchanges hands when money exceeds uh, when value exceeds price. So you hand over your money for the ice creams you sit at home happy, loving your lockdown because you're getting to eat ice cream and you're not having to do too much work. Happy days. Ice cream man decides, oh, I've sold a lot of ice creams. This has been fantastic. There's a lot of people sitting at home that want to use their money to buy ice creams. They must really love my ice cream. Old mate sells a billion ice creams and ends up with a stack of cash. He pays a bit of tax on that and he says, hmm, I've still got a shitload of money here. What am I going to do? You know what I do with my money? The ice cream man? He says, I'm going to invest it. What am I going to invest it in? I love property. Shit, I love property. It is my favourite thing other than making ice cream. Bang, give me another house. Actually, give me two and I'm going to borrow more debt from the bank, and I'm going to leverage up and use my ice cream cash, and I'm going to get me two rentals, and I'm going to go out there and buy them real quick. Well, that's exactly what happened. Money flows through the economy and ends up with the financial assets that people prefer, property, house, uh, property and houses. Prices went up massively. Holy shit. All of a sudden, we're seeing 20% increase in property prices. Or did your wages increase 20% in a year? Don't think so. Have they ever? Probably not. Did other things increase by 20%? And some things did. Other financial assets. Some of the stock market was uh, booming as well. So Ice Cream Man and people like him or her, they move their money to where it needs to be. And the demand continues to rise. Too many Ice Cream men and women chasing not enough houses and they keep bidding the price up Then we start driving a bit of FOMO like oh shit I wouldn't mind getting my house I'm getting a bit scared about these prices increasing I need to do this real quick hey hey mum hey dad have you guys got any spare cash because uh, I need to add that to my deposit that I can then give to the bank to then meet my lending criteria to then be able to buy a house yeah yeah, yeah we can help out with that here's 20k 50k Year later, shit, we're going to need to give you 100k, no worries, we'll take it out of our bank, which is only paying us 1% interest, what's the point of having it in there, we might as well give you the money, and we all start to drive up the price of certain assets. Now of course we need debt to achieve these as well, because we can't afford to buy them outright our own, so we need to use the help of the bank, who can give us debt, and um, then we go armed to the auction with plenty of money and we can buy the financial asset that we want, being a house. So that is, in simplistic terms, what sort of happened during the big C-bomb and then the 12 months following it. And the problem with that is that if you're not listening to this because you are too young and you find this in 10 years' time or 5 years' time, who knows what could have happened, but things become... Quite far out of reach, all of a sudden, now I need two hundred thousand dollars for a deposit on a property for a million dollar home for some people, not for everyone, but say, like as a principal, now we're needing more of a deposit to start with. Well, hang on, we already said that our wages didn't go up. How are we gonna and things are getting more expensive, how are we gonna save this money? Yes. It may be the same outgoing interest and mortgage on a property these days as to previous, based on interest rates being cheaper. But what if one day those interest rates increase? Who knows? These are all things that we don't know. But the theme of this email was showing you how money that isn't real can get punched into a system to keep it going. And we don't really know how that's going to play out. It's. Like filling up a bath with the plug-in with water and not knowing how much we can put in. We're going to watch what happens when eventually the bath tells us what level it can be and shit's going to go everywhere and then we're going to have a number of problems to deal with. And that's what's sort of playing out at the moment, with people worried about increasing house prices, inflation, wages not going up, us not being able to increase the wages of public sector staff, all these types of things, they become little issues from putting too much into the bath. And it's very, very hard for people to understand. So you're not going to read too much about this in the media, in the general media and stuff, because A, you don't care. B, no one really knows what's going to happen. C, it's hard to explain. And D, it's pretty fucking scary to be fair as well. So don't expect to see too much of it. But what you want to do is you want to think about, hmm, what could happen and how bad could this get? What do I need to be thinking about doing for myself, my family, the generations after me? If if that's how you're driven, if that's what you... Think you may be here for whether you're that person in your family tree that aspires to look after more than just yourself and wants to do more than just, um, you know, maybe the norm for people and you really want to change things up, then it's time to start studying shit, what could happen? What could happen if we have 6% interest rates and people can't afford to pay for their properties? Could I afford to pay for my property? Would I have to sell my rental? Would I have to sell my house? Would I have to earn more money? Have I learned how to do that yet? Are people going to have to sell plenty of their property? I'm sitting on a lot of cash. Could I maybe buy them? Is that even going to happen? Who knows? It is so hard to know what is going to happen, but we don't want to get lost there. We want to get caught on the path of figuring out what do I want to happen for my life and for my family and therefore set goals around that and get caught going after those things rather than watching every news article about inflation and money and the government and should they have done this, shouldn't they have done that, who knows, because you'll never find the right answers to that, because often with these things we don't know the outcome until a decade down the track and look back and go, fuck, we probably shouldn't have paid that much in wage subsidies to people, seemed like a pretty Even only a year later, we can probably figure that one out. If that much money's then flowed over to the property market and everything's done pretty well and inflation's here, maybe we didn't need to give people 80% of their incomes. Maybe they were able to survive on less than that. Who knows, you know? But there's never going to be a right answer to those things. And so we might as well not waste our time trying to figure out what the right and wrong answers of those things are as well. And we want to think about, What are the right and wrong answers to the things that we want for our life? Do we want to get to 65 and be dependent on a pension and a pension only to be our only form of income and security? I would hope that the answer to that is no for you as it is for myself and we're trying to learn more as we go and figure out, right, what do I want from this life and what do I want to leave behind when I'm not here? So a little bit of a deep dive into debt and the big debt bubble that we are in and and I can see it continuing to go on and on but one thing that Phil and I my business partner are massive with our clients with is learning about productivity and something that I do myself. I'm always chasing ways to be more productive because it's not what you get taught to do. so when everyone's zigging, have a think about how you can zag. And one way to do that is to look at your life and go, how can this be more efficient? How can this be more productive? How can I be a more productive person? And honestly, if you grasp that concept and you put it into play throughout your life, in your personal life and in your work as an employee or in your business, you will kick the ass of people around you because that is not how they, were, they are thinking and it's not how they have been taught. They've been taught to leverage off of debt, to use more debt To get things sooner using debt, to enjoy it now, enjoy your life, all that stuff, and not being taught hey, you're wasting a lot of time here doing that. Do it faster, do it more productive, be more efficient. Stop thinking about that. Stop driving an hour to the supermarket to pack groceries for 40 minutes, to drive home for an hour, to unpack them into your cupboards. You know, that's two hours of your week, times that by 52. It's 104 hours. It's probably about eight weeks of efficient employment for somebody. So how can we remove these things in our life that are making us inefficient and teaching us to be unproductive? Look at all the things that you do in your life and go, that's dumb. That's too much time. I actually hate doing that. and It takes me 40 minutes. Why am I doing that? And see if you can add some areas to your life where you can be more productive because there's not much literature and thinking out there around how to be more productive. But you'll find that the people that get a lot further down the path of success and financial success, they are finding ways to be more productive. And if you want to take it back to a simplistic example, you think of a sports person. If they want to be really good at a sport... They try and take that sport to a professional level so that's all they focus on because it's not productive for Dan Carter to work at the supermarket, do all his home chores, study at night and then try and be an All Black in his spare time. No, no. We want him to be the best All Black that he possibly can be so we are trying to put him into an environment where he can produce and be efficient and do the things that are going to allow him to be that person. If he's packing groceries and working at the supermarket, he can't increase his kicking performance to 80-something percent. He can't study, tape and figure out how to get better. So that's why a number of professional-type environments they are trying to get people to focus, just focus on these few things and get better performing at them so that we can get the most out of you. So... Maybe think about how you can do that for yourself as well in different areas of your life. Even if you just look at one thing in your life and go, shit, that is unproductive and that is inefficient, I'm going to strip it out. I don't need to watch Netflix for eight hours of the week. That is one way I'm going to teach myself to be more efficient and use that time to look at investing, studying, learning, growing, building a plan, building yourself up, how to get a pay rise, learning, looking at yourself as a business, becoming more powerful, reaching out to people to tell them that you love them, um, helping a charity, volunteering, doing something that brings you fulfillment, all these types of things. Swap out something unproductive and inefficient and I know your argument is going to be, oh, but that's how I relax. Good on you. If that's what you need to do, then you need to find something else. And maybe you need to look at that excuse for yourself and go, is that true? Do you need eight hours of Netflix to relax? Well, who taught you that? And how do you know that that's true? Have you not tried relaxing in a different way? How do you know for certain you need eight hours of Netflix to relax? Anyway team, the debt bubble. She's a big one and it gets me fired up because we're too far away from productivity and it's something I'm very passionate about as you can tell. And while we've gone a little bit longer today but there's a lot to be learnt from watching all these people live and swim in debt and hey, we can all use it and it's cheap but just be careful something's coming eventually. I don't know how long it's going to take. But even if it doesn't, learning to be more productive and operate from a more stable, productive environment is going to help you kick some ass. And that's going to be better for you, for your business, for your life, for your family, the next generation, all sorts. Right, hope you've enjoyed today's episode a little bit deeper there. Some things in there that you probably hopefully uh, may have never even thought about before and will get you thinking because we need to start thinking differently to get different results otherwise if we do the same as everybody else well we can expect to get the same as everybody else.